Kathy Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you. You are the God of all gods. I thank you that you dwell in a light we cannot even approach unto. I thank you that you are high and lofty, but you dwell with the lowly. And Father, I thank you. You are love. Father, open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Oh, I'm going to have fun today. Let us first turn to John 10, verse 35. Jesus speaking, he said, If you call them gods unto whom the word of God came, and he's speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he said, and the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. There is one anchor in this life. There is one place that you can stand on and it will not change. There is one place that you can put your trust in and the whole world can fall apart around you and this will not break. That is the word of God. And when we put our trust in that word and in that word is the gospel and that word is the gospel and that word left heaven And he became a man like you and I. And that word went to the cross. And he died for us. And he was buried for us. God raised him for the dead for us. That we can trust in. That we can hang on to. That we can overcome with. Now turn with me to 1 Peter 3. The reason for these meetings. Then it was God that told me to do this. 1 Peter 3 verse 1. Likewise you wives. Be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may without the word be won by the conversation, the behavior of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Who's adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting of the hair and wearing of gold or putting on apparel. Don't let that be your adorning. What do we want for our adorning? But let it be the hidden man of the heart. That which is not corruptible. Even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit. Which is in the sight of God. Which is in the sight of God of great price. When you have a woman who is grounded and settled in the gospel. She will have a meek and a quiet spirit. Why? Because she knows no matter what she sees and no matter what she hears and no matter what she feels, the word of God cannot be broken. That's what she knows. That's what she trusts in. That's what she's got her trust in. She doesn't trust in her husband. She doesn't trust in her children. She doesn't trust in her job. She trusts in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why she's meek and mild. 
And when we're not meek and mild, we've got to get back to trust in the gospel. All right? Now, turn with me to Luke 4. Jesus speaking. And he is just beginning here with his ministry. And he tells us why he's come to earth. You know, there's a whole lot of people in this world that say they are Christians. And they say they worship Jesus. But they have no idea what he did for them. They have no idea. And that's what we're doing here. We're showing forth, publishing what Jesus did for us. And here he is. He is explaining why he came to earth. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. That is the Holy Ghost, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit on Jesus. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me. God anointed Jesus to do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. That is not just poor in money. That is also poor in spirit, poor in soul, poor in heart. It said to preach the gospel to the poor. The Father sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Why would God send Jesus to heal the brokenhearted? Because he knew there was a bunch of us with broken hearts. He knew it. That's why he sent Jesus. He wants your broken heart healed. He wants it healed so much he sent Jesus to get it healed. To preach deliverance to the captives. The Father sent Jesus. Jesus says here, the Father sent me to preach deliverance to the captives. Well, why would he do that? Because God knew we were captive. He knew we were captive. Get this. The word of God cannot be broken. And it is written in the word of God. God is love. God is love. And he sent Jesus because he so loved us. He knew we were captive. He knew there were things that we could not get rid of. He knew we had fears. He knew we had dependencies. He knew we had sicknesses. He knew we had hurts. And he sent Jesus to fix it. He sent Jesus to fix it. He sent Jesus to fix you. He sent Jesus to fix me. It is so wonderful. To look at God and not be afraid. It is so wonderful to look at God and not hurt. It is so wonderful to look at God and know he is with me and he will help me. He is not here to destroy me. He's here to fix me. Because he is love. I used to hear that all the time growing up in the denominational church. Oh, God loves you. 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 But nobody had any faith with their words. Nobody could say it from the heart. Well, this girl has been messed with enough. She can say it with her heart. God is love. Now, turn with me to Romans 3. We are going to read some beautiful beautiful words. Last week we talked about the blood of Jesus. We talked about how the father sent Jesus to shed his blood. We talked about how Jesus was put on the cross 
We talked about how after he died that they came with the spear and the blood poured out. We talked about the sacrifices that Moses did and Aaron did. Have the people put their hands on a goat or a lamb and that would transfer the sin. And then they would kill the goat or the lamb with the sin on them. And then they would take that blood and they would put it on the altar. And we talked about how Jesus, when God put him on the cross, God's the one that put Jesus on the cross. Everything that happened to Jesus was determined thousands of years before. Even before the world was created, Jesus knew he was headed for the cross. And he knew when he was on that cross that the Father himself, Jehovah, was going to take all our sin and put it on that body. Just like the man that transferred the sin to the goat, to the lamb, the Father transferred you and my sin to Jesus. And then he died. And that blood was shed. And Jesus took that blood after he was raised from the dead up to the Holy of Holies in heaven. In heaven. And the Father met him. The Father met Jesus with his blood and the Father received it. If you read in Hebrews, it says the Father met him in the Holy of Holies. Met him and received that blood that Jesus sprinkled in the Holy of Holies. And the Father, we will see today, the Father was satisfied. The Father was satisfied with the blood of his own son. Now, let's go to Romans, I said, 3. I'm going to begin in verse 23. Oh, I wish I'd heard these words when I was young. I wish they could have ministered these words with the Spirit. Because the, the words can be dead. They're dead unless the Spirit of God makes them alive. And the Spirit of God today are going to make these words alive in your heart. And we're going to look at them closely. And we're going to see they say some things that are so comforting. So comforting. Verse 23. For all have sinned. That's comforting. It is when you're in the middle of it. Have you ever felt like you were the only sinner on earth? Well, it says here that all have sinned. And you know what the wonderful thing is? This is in the word of God. The word of God cannot be broken. That means the father knows. You are no surprise to him. You are no surprise to God. Now there are a few, and I've met them. Well, I have never sinned in my whole life. Turn with me to 1 John 1, 10. States here, and this is the Apostle John, the Apostle of love as they call him. He said, if we say that we have not sinned, we make God a liar, and his word is not in us. If you say you have never sinned, you just became a liar. Welcome to the club. If you say you have never sinned, that makes you a liar. And that means you've sinned. Welcome to the club. Now, this next verse. For all have sinned, and look at this. Look at this. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Come short. The English Standard Version, you know what it says? Fall short. Fall short. Do you see those beautiful words? All have sinned and fall short. Have you ever felt like a failure? Have you ever felt inadequate? 
ever felt you can't do this? Oh, it's written right here. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That is honor and praise. Fallen short. What beautiful, comforting words. When I was in that denominational church, they talked about all the things that we were going to have to do to make God happy. And I can remember sitting there like as a 12-year-old thinking, I don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes to do what they say I need to do to make God happy. You know what they were doing? They were lying to me. It says right here, all have sinned and fallen short. All of us are inadequate. All of us are failures. Oh, sometimes you think you fail a thousand times in one day. And it's written right here, God knows it. God knows it. I love what it says in John 3.17. It says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. God didn't send Jesus to condemn us. He sent him to save us. He knows how inadequate we are. He wrote it right here. All have fallen short. All have fallen short of the glory of God. What a beautiful, comforting statement. And John 12, 47 says, Jesus says, I came not to judge the world. I didn't come to judge you. I came to save you. I came to save you. You don't have to clean yourself up before you go to God. He says it right here. All have sinned and come short. Fallen short. Oh, there were days I felt like I had fallen short. Here I go. I'm failing again. You know now that with all the sins that you can't get rid of, with all the behaviors you wish you were different, you wish you were different, it is written right here. All have fallen short. All are inadequate. All of them. And with that, we look at the next verse. It says, being justified freely. Being justified freely. Freely. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. I want you to look with your own eyes at that word freely. Freely. You know what that means? It means freely. It means for free. For free. Did you know that justification in the gospel was for free? For free. It says being justified freely. You say, well, what's justified? I can remember when I was in that denominational church, there was a group of us, we were about 14, and they gave us a room and paint. Oh, dear. As little 14-year-olds, we had it all planned. And one of the walls, I'll never forget, one of the walls we wrote in big letters, justified, just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if I'd never sinned. Never. 
That means the sin is not in there. It's not in there. That means not only is it that it's forgiven, it's not in you. Justified means it isn't even in you. There is no witness, no evidence that the sin was even ever there. Do you see the power of God? No evidence that the sin was ever there. That's justified. And it's for you for free. Freely. Oh, I want to tell that one that is just thinking that God is condemning them and God won't accept them because they just can't get it right. You have it wrong. Your justification, Jesus came to give it to you freely. You don't have to fix anything to come to God. You don't have to fix a thing. Why? Because he already knows we are inadequate. We have already knows that we are fallen short. And that is the very reason he sent Jesus to save you. To save you. He sent Jesus to save you. He sent Jesus to fix you. And he did it freely. Let's go back to this verse. It says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace. By his grace. Grace. You know what grace is? It's something that you didn't ask for. It's something that you don't deserve. You don't deserve it. And it's something you didn't even want. But God did it anyway. He did it anyway. Do you know nobody asked you if it was okay if Jesus died for you? God didn't ask you if it was okay for Jesus to die for you. God did it anyway. You know, nobody asked you if it was okay if Jesus carry all your sin, everything you've ever done, everything that came out of your mouth. That God didn't ask you if that was okay for Jesus to die for you. He did it anyway. That's grace. That's love. And he loves you so much, that he not only forgave the sin, he is justifying you from it, which means there is no evidence you did it in the first place. You know, I have seen people that believe in justification, trust in what Jesus did for them. And I have seen, and get this, I have seen police records disappear. Disappear. Why? Justification is that strong. Justification is that strong. Justification has that much power. No evidence it was ever there. You got faith? Let's go on. Being justified freely by his grace. What we don't deserve, but he did it anyway. Through, through the redemption. That is in Christ Jesus. That redemption, that ransoming away happened on the cross. That's what redemption is. It's a ransom. Jesus paid your ransom. He didn't ask you if it was okay to pay for it. He did it anyway. He did it anyway. Verse 25, whom God has set forth. God has set forth to be a propitiation. Propitiation. Big word. What does it mean? Appeasement. Appeasement. It appeased God. 
You say, well, what does it mean to appease? Okay, you're really hungry. You have worked all day and you're just starving. And somebody brings you a big burger, big fries, and a big drink. Your stomach is appeased. That's what Jesus did for the Father for you. That's what Jesus was to the Father for you. He appeased the Father. He appeased the Father. Did your actions appease the Father? No. Did your feelings appease the Father? No. Did the way you act or the way you look or the way you feel, did that appease the Father? No. What appeased the Father? It says right here, faith in his blood. That appeased the Father. The blood of Jesus appeased the Father for you. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever is in your heart, whatever you're trying to overcome, that blood appeased the Father. It appeased the Father. He's satisfied concerning you. He has justified you. He has justified you with the blood. You know what the only thing missing is? You don't trust in it. You don't trust in it. If it's not working for me, I'm not trusting in it. Trusting in it. That is faith. Trusting in it. Sometimes we look at the word faith and it looks like a huge mountain in front of us that we cannot accomplish. But faith has been given to us as a gift. We already have the faith. You know what? We have to use it. You have to use it. You have to work at it. You have to trust in the word of God when you don't feel justified. When you don't feel justified. When Jesus shed his blood, all your sins were wiped out of the book. If you believe. If you believe. If you trust in it. It is a walk. And it is a fight. But it is possible because God gave you the faith. He wouldn't tell you to do something that you cannot do. That would not be a just God. He would never tell you to do something you cannot do. And he's telling us right here, we have to have faith in that blood of Jesus. A couple days ago, I was running. I stopped and I started walking and I said, that blood, that blood was shed for me. I am justified by that blood. It is the blood that satisfied the Father. It is not me. It is the blood that satisfied the Father. It is not how I act. It is the blood that satisfied the Father. It is not how I feel. Because sometimes we don't feel so justified. But you know what? Your feelings are a lie. How did Abraham get what he needed? A son. He didn't look in the mirror. He didn't look at what he saw. He didn't look that his body was getting dead and more dead every day. He didn't look at that. It said he did not consider his own body. What did he consider? He considered only what God told him. Do you know that's how we walk? We walk like our father Abraham. We trust in what the word of God says and not how we feel and not how we act, 
and not our situation and not what we see, not what we hear. We don't go by that. We go by the word of God. And I was walking on the road. I have been justified by that blood. The blood satisfied the Father. Not me. The blood satisfied the Father. The blood satisfied the Father. Not my feelings. Not my actions. Not my circumstances. It was the blood. And you know what? My trust in that produced. And that mountain in front of me started moving you know it is for all of us it is for all of us justification is for all of us it has already been accomplished your justification has already been paid for like i said in the beginning all have sinned and fallen short we fail we fail more than once. We're really good at failing. But the Father sent Jesus with that blood and freely, freely justified us with his blood. Freely. You didn't ask for it. You don't deserve it. But he did it anyway. He did it anyway. You are freely justified if you will just believe it, if you will just trust it, if you will just open your mouth and pray it because it has to get in the heart. And when it gets in the heart, you got it. When it gets in your heart, your mouth opens and you got it. You got it. And it is such a wonderful thing to open your mouth when you got it because it brings what you need. And the first thing you need is to be born again. You need that spirit of Jesus in you. The one that died for you. The one that doesn't care where you are. Doesn't care what you've done. Doesn't care what anybody else says about you. He came and he died for you. That's the love of Jesus. And you need to have that spirit in you. How are we born again? John 3, Jesus said you must be born again. How am I born again? You say, Jesus. You just call on that name, Jesus. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Fix me. And you know what? He is obligated and happy to do so. He didn't spend his whole body on that cross to turn you aside. He didn't waste his time on the cross to turn you away. He said, anyone, anyone that calls on my name, I will come and deliver them. Anyone. And I've got to say this. There is somebody listening to this that is considering suicide. You don't have to go there. You don't have to go there. I bind the devil in your life right now. You don't have to go there. You go to God. You run to him as fast as you can. And he will meet you. And he will fix that situation. So you don't have to do what the devil's telling you to do. That devil is a liar. We have a God that can fix anything. Anything. He had fix Jesus for you. He can fix you. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.